Hi, it's Connor Svensson here, founder and CEO of Web3 Labs. Welcome back to another episode of the Web3 Innovators podcast. In today's episode, I'm sharing a Web3 perspective. I'm a big believer in the premise and utility of Web3. However, I'm no speculator. If you want to cut through the hype and develop your own insights on Web3 and where we're heading, keep listening. Finally, if you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a review. 2023 hasn't been the best year as far as the crypto and blockchain industries are concerned. We're in the middle of a builder's market where teams are continuing to innovate and push the boundaries of blockchain and Web3 forward. However, the wider market sentiment towards the industry has been fairly negative. Change may be around the corner with the news of the Bitcoin ETF potentially being approved, but we shall wait and see. Questions of the usefulness of the technology beyond financial speculation appear to be front of mind for many. You also have major advances in AI, driven by ChatGPT stealing much of the limelight that 12 months ago was focused on Web3. Trends come and go all the time in tech, and the allure of crypto, NFTs and DeFi is less since a number of the world's leading economies started struggling against the high inflationary backdrop. When the economy is in the doldrums, the last thing people are thinking about is where to drop funds to gamble on the price of speculative assets. Although the wider economic outlook isn't great, there has been some significant activity from a regulatory perspective, with Beijing releasing their Web3 Innovation and Development White Paper that recognised the potential of Web3 and blockchain technologies. Hong Kong Security Register is starting to accept license applications for crypto exchanges, and the EU's MICA regulation was adopted, which provides common rules on the supervision, consumer protection and environmental safeguards of crypto assets including cryptocurrencies which aren't covered by existing financial market legislation. In addition to this, we've also had positive news within the UK with respect to legislators wanting to bring more and more crypto and stablecoin assets within a regulatory framework. Given the size of the economies impacted by these legislations, they are significant. In the US, a cloud may still hang over the treatment of digital assets insofar as if they should be considered a security, but it is refreshing to see progress being made elsewhere. We already know that both China and the EU are embracing blockchain and DLT technology for their digital renminbi and euro respectively, but these are using private blockchain networks and are unlikely to end up connected to public blockchains due to their decentralised and neutral nature. Having appropriate legislation in place to deal with digital assets is essential to ensure that public networks will be embraced by the larger nations. Crypto and speculation are not the end goal for mainstream adoption. This legislation to deal with these blockchain-based assets and the requisite knowledge and legal frameworks to support them will simplify the onboarding for an ever-increasing number of companies and users, as they will have already jumped through many of the hoops previously with crypto assets. The adoption of private blockchain networks will not mirror these public networks. Their reach and focus is typically narrower than their public counterparts. As such, one does wonder whether it will be public networks or private networks that become core components of our everyday lives first. One could consider crypto a mainstream asset class given that over 400 million people worldwide have used them. However, it is only in developing nations where it is out of necessity due to the instability of their own fiat currencies. In developed nations, crypto is primarily a tool for financial speculation by most users, which is not an essential use of the technology unless you consider portfolio diversification crucial to your everyday life. There's no doubt that the various public blockchains will constitute a new trust layer that runs on top of the existing internet. But we may still be a number of years off this inflection point which sees people flocking to them in droves. 
Whether you draw parallels with a previous significant technology trend, such as the desktop PC, the social network, the iPhone, or ChatGPT, it is not certain that such a catalyst will happen in the remainder of this decade in the developed world. Meanwhile, you have initiatives such as central bank digital currencies and cross-border payment networks utilising private blockchain networks gathering steam and even existing projects by banks such as JP Morgan. While central banks certainly aren't renowned for their agility like the slow and steady tortoises in Aesop's fables, they are continuing along their chosen paths. It's not unfeasible in my opinion that we may see some of the fruits of their labour have a larger impact in terms of everyday impact sooner than some of the decentralised applications being born on public blockchains. For instance, within the next year it's anticipated that the Finality Payment Network will go live facilitating blockchain-based payments between regulated banks for sterling. Whether the adoption of such initiatives happens ahead of other pure decentralised applications on public networks shouldn't really matter. Either approach is a strong endorsement of what is possible with this technology. Private blockchain networks may go against some of the principles of public networks, but adoption of the underlying technology in either case should be viewed as a good thing, as it's certainly far better than what was there before with highly centralised systems. No system can ever be perfect. Public blockchains still have valid criticisms levied against them with respect to how decentralised they truly are, and questions over how fairly their underlying cryptocurrencies were originally allocated to investors and teams building on them. But whether something is done using a public or private blockchain, or even a blockchain itself, should ultimately be a little more than an implementation detail. It's inevitable that widespread tokenization of digital and real-world assets will come to fruition. Blockchains are a significant enabler here. However, exactly when and which type of asset, or better yet thing, has the widespread impact that we're all hoping for remains to be seen. But it shouldn't be a concern of where that blockchain is, as it's still going to be a better solution than what was there before. Thanks for listening. That's it for this episode. I have one favour to ask. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit that subscribe button and leave a review. I provide these perspectives as I believe Web3 is the greatest innovation to emerge since the internet. If you want to get smarter about Web3, you can head to web3perspectives.com for more insights.